We're in the book of Revelation, the last chapter, chapter 22. Easy to find. It's the last chapter in your Bible. Revelation chapter 22. We're going we're gonna to finish this book today. And uh, thank God um, we have some good news from this book and learned a lot. It's been awesome. I'm sure that many of you don't know how long we've been in Revelation. We started April the 10th, and this is the 39th week of the book of Revelation. So we moved pretty good. We covered a lot of ground. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word, the last chapter, chapter 22, beginning with verse 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly. That word quickly would be suddenly. And my reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. I am the Alpha and the Omega, that's the A to Z, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates of or into the city. For without it are dogs, sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolaters, and whosoever maketh and loveth or maketh a lie, loveth to make it a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that heareth say, come. Let him that is a thirst come. Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of this prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of this book and of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He that he which testifieth these things said, Surely I come quickly or suddenly, amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. I want to use for a subject this morning, walking out is so much fun. We're going to walk out of the book of Revelation today, and it's going to be so much fun. You may be seated. Now, the book of Revelation is not a sealed book. Uh, you need to understand the book of Revelation is not a sealed book. Daniel talked about in the last chapter of the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verse 4, that the end time would be sealed. But now we find in the 10th verse that the prophecy, the book of Revelation was not to be sealed. For we are living in that time. The time is at hand. The book of Revelation is not a sealed book. There's a lot of people that'll say, well, don't read Revelation because you can't understand it. A lot of people will say, well, preachers shouldn't preach it because they just don't understand it at all. I want you to know that you and I as believers, 
we have understood a lot of things the last 39 weeks, haven't we? We've learned a lot of great things. It has stirred my heart to preach and to teach in the book of Revelation. And it's, going, it's a privilege to be able to, um, to, to simply walking out is so much fun. <laughs> I, I've had so much fun to be able to know that we're walking out of this dark world into God's marvelous light. It's so much fun to know that nothing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. It's so much fun that at any moment, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel and the trump of God, and will be caught up into the clouds to meet Jesus in the air. Amen. Woo, that's fun, amen. Walking out is so much fun. I guess if you're in prison, walking out would be so much fun. I guess if you were in a hospital laid up for weeks upon weeks, months upon end, walking out would be so much fun. But there's nothing quite more thrilling than being able to know that we're gonna get off this planet alive. Hello. Walking out of this book is so much fun. We've learned so much about the fact that God has over and over and over again gave everybody on planet earth a chance to be born again, a chance to give their heart to Christ. In this book, we find so many beautiful things. Yes, there's coming judgment. Yes, it's gonna be a horrific time. But you know, walking through this book has given me a surety that God is in absolute control. No matter whether it's Democrat or Republican or Independent, or some other crazy yahoo out there. God is in control. God knows what he's doing. Nobody in this room knows what they're doing, but God knows what he's doing. And so I'm gonna stay close to the one that knows what he's doing because I sure don't know what I'm doing. And you sure don't know what you're doing. And if you think you know what you're doing, you need to get up here to an altar and get it right with God because you're just a little bit too, too uh, self-assured of yourself. I'm glad today that walking out of this, this book, this book of Revelation, I understand that God has a plan. There will be great tribulation. There will be famine. There will be disaster. There will be death. There will be all kinds of heartbreak and satanic attacks. There'll be upheaving and economy collapsing and everything's going to, you know, starvation, demonic spirit. It's going to be horrific. But, you know, I'm glad that we're going to be caught up in the meet, to meet the Lord in the air. And so we're just walking, we're just walking out. Amen. You know, if you're in a grave, walking out would be a thrill. I just wonder how Lazarus must have felt when he walked out of the tomb. Woo! I just wonder how it would feel to just be able to, in the future, be able to come up out of our graves to meet Jesus Christ in the air. Well, I'd prefer the rapture and not the rupture. Hello? I'd prefer that the Lord came today. But if he doesn't come today, they that are in their graves are still gonna be part of the rapture because God's gonna call them up to meet him in their new glorified body. Oh, they'll be with him. Uh, they will be with Jesus Christ when he comes. They're with Jesus now. 
They that sleep in Christ, their bodies that sleep in Christ, they're with Jesus now. And when Jesus Christ comes, he brings them with him. And when he brings them with him, you know, those that have went before us, they'll say, where are we going, Lord? And the Lord's gonna say, we're gonna go down there and get you a brand new body. We're gonna give you a glorified body. And while we're at it, we're gonna pick up a load to take home. And I'm part of that load, amen? Woo, I'm part of that load. Walking out of this mess will be such a thrill. Walking out of the heartbreaks and the storms of life will be such a thrill. Now, notice in verse 11, God gives us four groups or spiritual statuses of people. He says, he that is unjust, one is the unjust group, let them be unjust still. The other is the filthy group, I know some of them, and let them be filthy still. The other is the righteous group or the redeemed. Let them be redeemed or righteous still. And the other one is he that is holy, let him be holy still. Now we could simplify that and just say, whatever shape you're in, whatever condition you're in, when the Lord returns, you're done. We could simplify that. But I, I, I believe the Lord is trying to say a little more than that. I think he's trying to give us four spiritual groups of people. He's telling us there are those that are unjust. They live lives of transgression against God. They're unjust. They've not been justified in the sight of God. They've not been, they've not been adjusted to go to heaven. And the Bible says that when they um, die, they'll be unjust still. And he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that has been redeemed or righteous, let him be righteous still. Now, every born again Christian is righteous because they have received the righteousness of God. Notice the first two are lost people, the unjust and the filthy. Notice the second, the, the last two, the first two is, is, uh, is lost, filthy and unjust. And the last two is the saved, the Christian, the righteous, and the holy. You say, well, what's the difference? Well, the difference is angels are called holy angels because they're with God. Holiness does not come because you did a certain rule that the preacher laid down for you to obey. Holiness isn't a hairstyle. Holiness isn't a dress code. Holiness isn't even a prayer time. Holiness isn't even a church time, a meeting time. Holiness is a person that gets alone with God over and over and over and over again, and God rubs off on them. The only way to get the holiness of God is for it to be imparted to you, that it, for it to, you become holy. You don't, you don't make yourself holy, you become holy by being in the presence of God. And there are those that are fanatics for Jesus Christ and they are holy. There are others that are just righteous. You've just been forgiven, you're redeemed. You know the Lord Jesus Christ is your savior. You're going to heaven, you're righteous because Jesus Christ has made you righteous. You're born again, you're redeemed, and you're going to heaven. But some of us could be, do so much more. Some of, us, some of us can be so much more. We can be holy. And they that are holy, still let them still be holy. And we need to understand that our, our goal in life shouldn't be just to be saved. Our goal in the life is to be like him. To be holy, that's our goal in life. 
to be holy in the presence of the Lord. And so when it talks about the unjust and the filthy and the righteous and the holy, it's talking about the fact that God has dealt with people in this book of Revelation. He's dealt with them. He's gave them opportunity. He's dealt with their hearts. He's ministered to their hearts. And over and over again, the unjust says no. The filthy says, I hate you, God. But the righteous says, oh, God, help me. And the holy says, let's get it on. The boldness of holiness. Now, God is basically saying in this 11th chapter, or in this 11th verse, rather, chapter 22, God is basically saying, people are not going to change unless they're changed by the power of God. Unless they want to be changed, people are not going to be changed. An unjust person, if he doesn't want to be changed, is not going to be changed. And the um, filthy person that does not want to be changed is not going to be changed. The righteous person, I think, can make the changeover from righteous, good, to holy. I believe that's possible. That's called sanctification. That's called growing as a believer. We, there's so much more we can be if we'll spend time in the presence of God. You say, wow, that verse 11 makes a lot of sense. Absolutely does. In fact, the whole Bible makes a lot of sense. Amen? So basically, what he's saying is bad people will be bad. Redeemed people will be good. Holy people will be holy. You know, uh, the unjust are going to stay unjust. He's just basically saying, I've done everything. I've poured out the seals, the wrath. I've, I've given everybody the opportunity. I've sent my two witnesses. I've sent the 144,000 plagues and famine and, and, and the disasters of the book of Revelation has come over and over again. And God says, ha, you're going to be what you're going to be. It's your choice. If you want to be unjust, you'll be unjust. If you want to be filthy, you'll stay filthy. If you want to change, I can help you with that. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, become righteous. And then you can be holy in the presence of the Lord. That's a good verse, isn't it? Awesome. Now look at verse 12. Behold, I come quickly. That word quickly means suddenly. My reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. Verse 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Now the Alpha is the Greek first alphabet. Omega is the last alphabet. In ours it would be A to Z. I am the A to Z. I am the Alpha, the beginning and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I love that, don't you? That's awesome. God says, I'm it. Everything you're ever going to have will come through my hands if you're going to have it. Everything that's going to change your life, if it's changed, I'll have to be the one that, do it, that does it. Uh, I'm glad that God's got this under control. I'm glad that I can, you know, walking through this, walking out of, is so much fun. Walking out of despair, how many, how, many, how many will agree that in this world of chaos, walking out's going to be awesome? Amen? Hello? Walking out. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Bye-bye. Amen? Though the storm is coming at me. Bye-bye. Walking out is so much fun. Being caught out will be so much fun. 
And that's what the book of Revelation is talking about. Even in the midst of disaster, Jesus Christ says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. The second thing is they'll be shouting in heaven. They'll be shouting. In fact, they'll be shouting and eating in heaven. <laughs> Have you ever noticed how much eating is in the Bible? I mean, Jesus multiplied the bread and the loaves and they ate. Honeycomb and fish and they ate and bread and they ate. And all through the Bible, they got together and feast. There was feast after feast in the Old Testament where they got together and ate the Passover lamb. The Feast of Passover, the Feast of Tabernacles. It's all about eating and fellowshipping. Look at verse 4, or 14 rather. Verse 14, blessed are they that do this commandment, which do, they, uh, do his commandment, that they may have right to eat of the tree of life and enter into the gate of the city. Now, someone says, do we have to eat of the tree of life in order to live forever? Already done that. If you're a Christian, you've already eaten of the tree of life. His name is Jesus Christ. But when you get to heaven, instead of taking the bread and the cup, you'll go to the tree of life and you'll pick you a nice juicy fruit that bears each month different types of fruit. And you'll have right to walk in there, look at that tree of life, pick you a piece of fruit and eat it. Woo! You say, well, I don't know whether that's true or not. You know, it's symbolic. No, it's not. The book of Genesis chapter 2 and 3 wasn't symbolic. There was a literal fruit that Adam and Eve ate of, and it caused, and we talked about that last week, so I'm not going to get into detail about that. But I'm so glad they'll be shouting in heaven. I'm mean, glad to be shouting in heaven. Woo, praise the Lord. I, you know, if you're the nervous type, you better pray God delivers you before you get to heaven. You know, you need to ask the Lord to give you a non-nervous, less stressful, glorified body. Because when you get there, I'm convinced that God's going to have to give us special eardrums just to handle the volume of the praise and the worship of God. In fact, John was so blown away by the worship and the choir and the singing and the praising God. John was so blown away that the second time, not the first time, the second time he falls at the feet of the angel and worships. Now, John, you used to lay your head on the breast of Jesus. You were, you were the one who claimed that Jesus loved you. And John, here you are, falling at the feet of an angel. Now, before you criticize John for what he did, we read in the scriptures where an angel put one foot on the sea, one foot on the land and held up the, the word, the promise of God, and said, time should be no longer. If that isn't cool enough, or explain, excuse me, if that isn't hot enough, an angel stands in the sun. Now, how hot is that? And so, you know, he, just, he was just melted. He just was melted like wax at the feet of the angel. And the angel said, hold on, hold on. Last time this went on, Lucifer got kicked out. Back up. Get up. Amen? I believe that angel was terrified at that moment. I don't think angels are fearful, but I believe if, if they could be, he was at that moment. When John fell down at the feet of the angel and worshiped, I believe the angel said, whoa! Last time I saw that, a third of the angels got kicked out. 
Don't do that, John. Get up, get up, get up. I'm an angel. I'm a servant just like you. Don't do that. Worship God. Amen? Worship God. I love that. It's so beautiful. And we get to eat. There's going to be shouting, worshiping, shouting, and dancing. You say, you say, preacher, you believe in dancing? Well, some people can dance and some people can't. Trust me, I've seen both. But they'll be shouting and dancing in heaven. They'll be worshiping God, shouting and music blaring and people ecstatic with joy in heaven. But praise God, they'll be buffets too. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be the tree of life. They'll be eating and drinking, eating of the tree of life and drinking of the water of life, the river of life. Amen? Hello? Remember I mentioned last Sunday how I thought that river of life would flow from the throne of God and it would go down to the holy city of Jerusalem and coming down the middle of the street, I believe that that river is encased in transparent, clear gold and that river is flowing to the middle of a street covered with transparent, clear gold. And I believe that water makes its way off the holy city of Jerusalem and fills the earth with lakes and streams and waters. And I don't know what all planet earth is going to experience because my place is going to be in the holy city of Jerusalem. I don't know what all is going to be on planet earth, but I know there's going to be some cool animals on planet earth. I know there's going to be some people living on planet earth, probably much like Adam and Eve before the fall. And I know this, the devil will be in the lake of fire and nobody can sin. Woo! I love that, don't you? Nobody can sin. We'll be in our glorified body, so we're not worried about any of that. And they're not either because they eat of the tree of life. They'll be given access. And did you know Adam and Eve, if they had went and ate of the tree of life in their sinful bodies, they would live forever in sinful bodies. And so God put a sword, a cherubim, at the tree of life and kept them from getting to it lest they eat of the fruit and live forever. I want you to know I've ate of the fruit. His name is Jesus Christ. But when I get to heaven, there'll be trees everywhere called the tree of life. And Jesus will say, that my friend, that my child, that is what you eat of in remembrance of me. Amen. The only thing better than having everlasting life is having a second shot of it. You don't need it, but you just keep eating it. I'm gonna eat so much of that tree of life fruit, you know, Time's not going to matter anyway, but I'm not going to take any chances. I'm going to eat everything I can get when I get to heaven. I mean, everything I can get. I'm going to even go to the glorified gooseberry patch and eat that. Amen. I'm going to, I'm going to go find them glorified royal, royal looking asparagus coming up out of the ground. I'm going to eat that. I'm going to sneak out of the holy city of Jerusalem, go down on planet Earth, and I'm going to find those, those Brussels sprouts that won't be stunted. When I was at Golden Crow, I went up to those Brussels, I like Brussels sprouts. I like to cut them in two and put a little salt and olive oil on them, and roast them, good stuff. I like them boiled like that at Golden Crow. And I'd always walk past them little Brussels sprouts and I'd say, well, looky there, they've had a bad year for cabbage, haven't they? And they look at me like, 
You're nuts. I'm glad they'll be shouting and dancing, but I'm really glad they'll be eating. Now notice verse 15, the wicked will be gone. The wicked will be gone. Verse 15 says, for without it are dogs, that's outside the city, that's outside the new, new heaven and the new earth. Outside it are dogs, without it are dogs, sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolaters, and whosoever loveth to maketh a lie. Now, does that mean that just, out the holy, just outside the holy city of Jerusalem and some dogs? Not talking about literal dogs. Talking about false prophets. Talking about wicked people. Dogs. With outside the city is dogs. Wicked people. Now, it doesn't mean that they're at the gate of the city like Lazarus and, and the rich man. It means that they're going to be outside the holy, the new heaven and the new earth. Where they're going to be, I don't know. But they're not going to be within the um, domain or within the dimension of the heaven and earth. The new heaven and earth, they won't be. They'll be outside. Outside the new heaven and the new earth. Banished, I believe, in the lake of fire. Now, remember I said one time, and oh, I tell you, I got in such trouble with Needham when I said this. Oh, it was bad. I, I really had a hard time. She just eat me up after service about her cat. And I made the statement, all dogs go to heaven and cats go to hell. And she let me know that her cat wasn't going there. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. But when it talks about Verse 15, dogs outside, false prophets, sorcerers outside, and they that love it to make it light means they're not in the dimension. They're outside the new heaven and new earth, the new creation. They're outside. They're gone. The wicked will be gone in the lake of fire. Now, I love this. I love this. Walking out is so much fun. Notice it's so much fun because in verse 16, it says, Jesus, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Now, there's some things I want to point out that's very awesome. Basically, what Jesus Christ is saying in verse 16, I, Jesus, he's saying, I've got this. I've got this. I've got everything in my hand. I've got total control. I've got this. And Jesus Christ is saying, I sent my angel to tell you about it. Sent the angel to the seven churches to tell you about it. Um, I am the root uh, and the offspring of David. Well, how can, how can Jesus be the root of David and also the offspring of David? Because Jesus not only had a virgin birth from the Virgin Mary, but Jesus also had a birth without the influence of man. In the lineage of David, but no man was involved in his birth. God the Father is the Father of Jesus Christ. And when he says, I am the root of David, he means I'm the creator of David. I created David. And not only am I the creator of David, I'm the offspring of David. Now, if that isn't a miracle, 
You, I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm the creator of David, but I'm also David's child. Isn't that beautiful? And of course, the Pharisees, you know, Jesus asked them, uh, who is the Messiah? Whose son is he? And they said, well, the, Maya, the, the Messiah is the son of David. And Jesus said, well, why did it say in the scriptures that David said to uh, the son, um, your Lord? How is it that David would say to my Lord, to my Messiah, you're my Lord if he's his son? That's an incredible statement. Amen? I said amen. My goodness, folks. You stayed up too late last night. Verse 17, we see happy water. How many like to have some happy water? Have you ever noticed that water attracts different kinds of happy? Water attracts canoeing. Water attracts fishing. Water attracts surfing. Water attracts skiing. Water attracts camping. Water attracts swimming and indulging and playing and having a good time. Water is an attraction. The only time water isn't a blessing is if it comes in the form of a storm. But this water came in the form of the lowly, meek, gentle, incredible Lamb of God. This water came in the name of Jesus Christ. Happy water. I love that, don't you? Verse 17, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that heareth say, come. Let him that is a thirst say, come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Now, if I understand my Bible correctly, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that heareth say, come. Let him that is a thirst come. Well, this would be a good time for you to shout, come. Come on. You want to obey this verse? Shout, come. Yeah, that's what you need to tell your grandchildren, come. That's what you need to tell your loved ones, come. That's what you need to tell your neighbor, come. Come, for all things are now ready. Come into the safety of Jesus Christ. Come to the water of life. Come to newness. Come to everlasting life. Come to the blessing of God. Come. Did you know the first place in the Bible where the word come is translated come in the Bible? Did you know it's at the time of Noah and the flood? The first time the word come is mentioned was when Noah got the ark completed and God said, come thou and your house, your family into the ark. Well, if God said come into the ark, then God must have already been in the ark. Amen? I mean, if I'm standing on the outside and I'm looking, I'm at, say I'm in my yard and Don comes into my yard and I say, Don, go into my house. Well, I would have to say that if I was on the outside. But if I was on the inside of my house, I would say, come. And Jesus Christ is in the inside of the ark. The safety, Jesus is there and he says, come. By the way, the word come is not only mentioned the first time to come into the ark of safety, it's mentioned the last time in our scriptures, in the Bible. Come, notice verse 20, it says, surely I come quickly, amen, even so come, Lord Jesus Christ. So the last phrases of this book 
of Revelation 22, you find the word come. Come, come, come. Isn't that beautiful? Did you know that that's the easiest word in the Bible too? It's not only the most profound statement and invitation, greatest invitation, last invitation in the Bible, come, come. What an invitation, come. But it's not only a profound, incredible, amazing statement, come. It's an invitation to have forgiveness. It's an invitation to have eternal life, come. The Spirit, that's the Holy Ghost, and the bride, that's the church, say come. He that hears, you got any lick of sense in one ear, you ought to say come to others. He that hear and obeys the word of God, you shall come. Let everyone that hear it testify, everyone that hear it say come. And that word come is not only the most profound and most incredible and most amazing invitation to come and have eternal life, it's also the simplest. It's the most simplistic word in the Bible, that's the, and outside the Bible as well. You know, that's the first word that baby learns. It's come. I know someone said, no, the first word of my baby was papa, papa. First word of my baby was mama, mama. First word of my baby, Josh, being a preacher was Methuselah. Now, I'm lying, but some of his gibberish sounded like Methuselah. Turned out to be a preacher. But that's one of the first things we do is we encourage our children to come. Amen? Hello? There's another word you use. No, 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 no. And when my grandkids come to my house, it is yes, yes, and yes, and yes. That's why they like Papa better than they do being at home. Because I'm a yes man, and they're a no-no parent. Hello. I'm giving you men some secrets. You get into the yes business. Amen? This is the last invitation come. Now, before we get into the last invitation come, we need to understand in verse 6 or uh, verse 18 and through 21, he's saying don't mess with God's word. Don't mess with God's Word. Now, I'll be quite open with you. I don't understand. I do understand the Bible. I know the Bible. I understand this book. But I don't know everything in it. I don't have all the answers. And if I come to a place that I don't know, I use my Missouri term, I don't know. I don't know. Come on, don't look at me like that. You use that word too. I don't know. And, and, you know, it's no shame to say, I don't know. The shame is when you say something, pretending you do know, that brings a plague upon you, that brings judgment upon you. You don't, the Bible says don't to, not to be many teachers. And, and we need to be careful that we just don't make up stuff. The, the problem is, the book of Revelation, I think there's preachers everywhere just making up stuff. Just making up stuff. And the Bible says if you add to his word, you will, he will add to them the plagues that are written in this book. Oh, I don't want none of them. How many would agree? You don't want none of them plagues that's in this book. Verse 28, 
or verse 18 rather, for I testify unto every man that heareth these words of this prophecy of this book, if any man shall add the, to the, unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Now, it's no, it's no disgrace, no shame to tell someone, I, well, I don't know. But it's very serious when you start making up stuff. Hello. And I'll be honest with you, most Bible prophecy today is a whole lot of making up. I like to just take the word like it says. Don't mess with God's word. Notice it says in verse 19, if any man shall take away the words of the book of of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So if we take away from the word of God, now someone will say, well, how could he take his part out of the book of life? You mean God will actually blot their name out of the book of life? Yeah, because people who take away from this book, people who cut this book and take away from it, they're not Christians. They're not born-again children of God. They don't know God. They're, they're taking it away for their own benefit. Now, I think really born-again Christians sometimes do add. But if you're truly a born-again Christian, I don't think you're going to take away. Hello? This is a true story. Thomas Jefferson, president. Thomas Jefferson was not a bona fide great spiritual believer. Brilliant man, but not really a believer. Thomas Jefferson sat down one night in the light of a lamp, the light of a fireplace, and he took the Bible and he cut out all the parts that he didn't like and pasted it back together. I don't care who you are. You don't do that. Amen? The book of life will take its part out of the book of life. Don't mess with God's word. Verse 20 and 21, and we'll be done. Do you, did, I, did I hear your heart sink? We'll be done. Did, I, did you really get troubled? Did, you, did I hear some of the false teeth chatter a little bit when I said, we'll be done? Did I hear a little boy in the back say, will be done. Verse 20, And he which testified these things, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus Christ. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. I've enjoyed my study through the book of Revelation. And I wrote down a few little things that I want to tie up a few loose ends and then we'll give an invitation. Josh can come and bring us on. I want to I, I repeat, them that do evil, if they choose the evil, they're going to be evil and they're going to be forever banished from the new creation, the new heaven and new earth. I want to say this river of life is a water of life that flows freely, it's given freely, and it attracts so much blessing, so much goodness. But I want you to understand, too, that when John fell down at the feet of that angel, and that was the second time he had done it, 
But chapter 21 and 22 talks about the second time that he'd done it. And I don't know who that angel was. Might have been Gabriel, might have been Michael. I don't know. There, there I go. See, I don't know. But whoever this angel was was so spectacular and so glorious that I think it also, I think this angel also looked a whole lot like God. I think this angel looked a whole lot like Jesus. Probably the angel that stood in the sun with the rainbow, remember, who looked a lot like Jesus. And we, I think that probably was Michael. Don't know for sure. But I know when John fell at the feet of this angel and began to worship, the angel basically was saying, whoa, 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 back up. We're on the same team. I'm, I'm your fellow servant. We're on the same team. Gable and Michael's on my team. If you're a Christian, Gable and Michael's on your team. Hello. If you're a born-again Christian, the angels of God, the holy angels are on your team. The Bible says that we won't just praise and shout and eat for eternity. We'll also serve God. We'll have jobs. Trust me, there's a lot of folks who don't want to go to heaven if they heard that. If they heard that, there'll be jobs. Well, leave me out. We'll have work to do. Oh, my. You mean there's going to be work in heaven? Yes, because I don't think man can be happy being a lazy bum. I know he can't when God gets a hold of him, but anyway, but we're on the same team. And I want you to understand that the lake of fire was made, created for the devil and his angels. The devil has his team, and Jesus has his team. And I'm on the winning team. Hello? I'm on the winning team. I'm on the same team as Gabriel. I'm on the same team as Michael. If I need backup, I've got it. Hello? I'm on the same team as Jesus. If I need forgiveness, I've got it. I'm on the same team as Jesus. If I need comfort, I've got it. I'm on the same team as Jesus. If I need, if I need joy unspeakable and full of glory, I've got it. If I need... <laughs> If I need to walk out of here, it'll be fun. Walking out of here will be so much fun because Jesus Christ is going to get us out of here. Amen? Anybody prayed that the Lord would get you out of trouble? Have you ever prayed that prayer? Oh, Lord, I need out of this mess I'm in. And the Lord didn't say, you make the bed lie in it. Lord didn't say that. Lord didn't say, okay, I'll... He didn't say it sparingly. Okay, I guess I will. No, the Lord said, you got it. You're on my team. And we're on the winning team. But if you're on the team of the filthy, if you're on the team of the unjust, if you're on the team of the ungodly, if you're on the devil's team, don't want God, don't want to serve God, don't want to honor God, don't want to believe God, don't want to believe the Bible, you don't want to believe the end time, don't want to believe, then you're on the devil's team. And my team wins. My team wins. Amen?
Hello. You say, how do you know your team's going to win, Pastor? Well, it's kind of like this, this mountain lion and a little old mouse. And they're in a coliseum where there's no hiding place for the little mouse. Who's going to win? That big old mountain lion's going to win. The mouse may run a while, but sooner or later, the mouse is just going to, and just run out of, and going to say, eat me. I'm so wore out. Just eat me. Amen? Well, on the winning side. You know, Judy bought me a new shirt. Misty did. No pocket. I think she paid, I don't know, 50, 60, 69 bucks for this shirt. I guess if they had added a pocket, it would have been 100 bucks. <laughs> Amen? I need to take it back and say, you got to have this shirt back because it ain't got no pocket. They said, well, you have to order that. You got to order one with a pocket? Kind of like ordering a, I remember back years ago when I was young, if you went to buy a new car, you had to order the radio. You had to order certain things on the car. If you didn't order it, you wouldn't get it. Now it comes standard. Amen? Now you pay extra if you get a four-speed or a five-speed or pay extra. Shoot. Not too many people are going to spend extra to buy a, a car extra because they can't even drive the thing. Amen? But we're on the winning team. How many on the winning team? And, and if you feel like you don't need God, you feel like, you know, I still want to party. I still got things I want to do. I still got life I want to live. You're going to run out of time. Your fuel is burning out quickly. You're going to run out of time. Your candle will be melted down to nothing. You're going to be out of time. And the question will be, will you be filthy still? Will you be unjust still? Or will you be righteous still? Or would you be holy still? Well, any adjustments you're going to get, you've got to get them now while you're here. Because Jesus is coming suddenly. Suddenly. Amen? So I'm going to ask you as we give an invitation. I'm, I'm going to give the invitation for two groups. The Bible talks about unjust and talks about um, unholy or filthy. Unjust and filthy. That one group. And then there's the group righteous and then holy. So I want to talk to the two groups. Have you been adjusted? Have you received the adjustments of the Lord? Or are you unjust? Or are you filthy? Do you do things in your life that's sinful? You're filthy. Then you must come to Jesus Christ because if you die in that filth, you'll remain in that filth. And if you die unprepared, you'll remain unprepared. You as Christians, let me talk to you. Let me get real preachy. You've been born again, I'm happy for you because you're righteous. I'm so blessed to have righteous people in my church. 
born again, really righteous. Now, I didn't say pious people in my church. I said righteous, people that know the righteousness of Christ. I'm so blessed to have people in our church that's been born again. You're good because God has made you good. God has saved you. You're not perfect, but you're good. You've got the perfect righteousness of God. God has blessed you. I'm glad you're there, but there's so much more for you. You can, you can overcome your habits. You can overcome your troubles. You can overcome your struggles. You can enter into a place of holiness. You can become holy. And when you become holy, that's only by seeking the face of God. And the Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see God or look upon his face. And so... You know how Moses went to glowing and got really holy when he came down the mountain? You know how he got that way? Being in the presence of God. And so some of you may be, you know, you're redeemed, you know the Lord, you're going to go to heaven. If the Lord comes, you're going to go to heaven. And that's a wonderful thing. But there's so much more you could have. You could be that holy person that will have so much more reward and so much more blessings from the Lord. Because you have sought the Lord and you put him first in your life. I'll probably mention this again, but Brother Ward, my friend and, and your friend and Helen's love. Brother Ward would come here and he would play the guitar. He's probably giving guitar lessons in heaven right now. Some of them angels probably are not as good as they think they were. And, and you, know, I, I'm, you know, I know where he's at and I'm thrilled about it. But you need to understand, Ward came to church when he didn't feel like coming to church. Helen testified to that. Ward came when he did not feel like coming. And some of you won't come if you've got a cuticle loose on your toenail. Ward came when he was so exhausted and his heart was not pumping fully. He came when he was Short-winded, he came when he was hurt, but he felt the need to honor his Savior. And the only way he knew to really honor his Savior is to come to church when he didn't feel like it, to play the guitar when he didn't feel like it. See, Ward left Branson, and Ward, the talent that he had, you know, in Branson, and, and if you know anything about Ward's past, he was professional, powerful, incredible singer. But when he left, and I, I'm just putting two and two together because I didn't talk to Ward and hadn't talked to Ellen. But when he left, he left Branson, and he came here. And some of you need to leave your Branson and come here. See, Ward paid that price. And I think because of it, he'll have a crown of righteousness. So I'm not saying you got to come when you're just, you know, you've got one leg off and you're dragging the chainsaw behind you because it got hooked onto your pants legs and 
You got to drag yourself into the church because you're, you're contaminated with COVID and you're just, it's not going everywhere and you're infected and you're about to lose that. Your hair's been ripped off by animals and you're, you, you need to be in intensive care. The ambulance kicked you out at the front of the church and you drag yourself in. I'm not talking that. If, you, if you're sick, you're sick. I'm not talking that. If you're in bad shape, you're in bad shape. But tell, I want to tell you, you're a whole lot worse shape. You're a whole lot, you're, you're, you're worse shape than if you're physically healthy and you don't sacrifice to the Lord in your worship and in your dedication to the Lord. You know, well, preacher, I'm just telling you right now, I could have done without this. Yeah? No, you couldn't. I am going for that pocket again. I'm in bad shape. You know, I, a while ago I got ready to preach and I'm, I got my glasses on like this. I got ready to preach and I went to looking for my glasses. They're on my head. Sometimes we miss the obvious. And the obvious is, what can you really give God other than faithfulness? Really, what can you really give God other than your faithful life, your faithful giving? There's nothing else we can give. He doesn't, he's got streets of gold. He has all the power. What can we possibly give him but, I love you. And I'm yours. And I'll be yours to the day I die. That's what we can give our God. Stand with me. Now, I couldn't have done my part about Ward if Ward was here because he had to stop me. Ward's a very humble man. But seeing he was several miles away, I decided to say what I wanted to say. I don't know what he heard, what I just said or not. I'm not sure he's too interested in anything that's going on down here right now. He's captivated. Kind of like John was with the angels, only he's got Jesus. So why, preacher, are you ministering like this? Because it's going to be a few days before we have our memorial service. And our whole church hurts. We hurt. We hurt with you, Helen. He's part of us. And I want to say to everybody in this room, let's, let's dedicate more to the Lord. Let's be faithful to the Lord. Let's honor the Lord because he's worthy of honor. Amen. Praise God. Just going to play and sing. We want to invite you to come to an altar if you need to. And uh, I want to encourage you to seek that holiness of God at home. You're righteous. You can be more than that. You can be holy. If you're unjust and wicked or filthy, you can be better than that. You can be cleansed and forgiven of your sin. Altar's open.